0: But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Let us pray. Lord God, again we're honored to still have the freedom in this country for now to um, learn your word, to get into your word, to be taught your word. and Pray for each one here, Lord, that anything that may distract them, that they would leave it outside, that they would give you the attention you deserve and just get closer to you, to be refined. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you ahead of time, knowing that you answer all prayers. And we thank you for what you'll do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight I wanted to teach on obedience. Uh, 1 Samuel 15, says it all. When we're obedient, we're pleasing to the Lord. Uh, the definition of obedience is the act of obeying or the state of being obedient. Compliance with that which is required by authority. Subjection to rightful restraint or control. Now tonight, I wanted to go talk, um, what I wanted to go over was ways we can be obedient and some of the relationships involved. Number two, examples of obedient men in scripture and a result of being obedient. And and the thirdly, um, some of the obstacles which will prevent obedience. And then I'm gonna, you know, some closing points. So the first thing I wanted to go over was one of the ways that um, relationships that are involved in obedience, and that's between husband and wife. Ephesians five, turn with me to Ephesians five twenty one. Okay, starting at 21, and further, submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Now, to break it down simply, without not you know without getting into a marriage seminar, um, we can leave that to uh, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, brain, brain lapse. Three strands. Um, what are wives gonna do? Uh, wives should submit to their husbands how you ask. Glad you asked. As to the Lord. Again, I'm going to make it simple. I know there's a lot more involved, but I just want to break it down what, in the simple way that we are supposed to be obedient in these relationships. And husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. How does Christ do that? Well, Christ gave himself up for the church. So the husband needs to give up himself to his wife. Christ was other-centered. So by the husband and wife doing the above, not only it would be obedient, the the results would be good. Number one, you'd have more harmony between the husband and wife and in the family. Number two, you would have a lot less stress. And most important, it would be pleasing to the Lord. That should be our number one motivation: is pleasing the Lord in our relationship. Number one. Another relationship involved is between parent and child. Turn with me to Ephesians six one through four. That's Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things things will go well for you. And you will have a long life. They won't kill you. I'm just kidding. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So again, breaking it down simply, What are the children supposed to do? Well, they are supposed to obey their parents. And why? Because they belong to the Lord. And it's the right thing to do. As for the fathers, we are supposed to not provoke our children to anger. Fathers are to raise them up with the discipline and instruction which comes from the Lord. What would be the result of it? Well, again, there would be much more harmony in the family. I believe there would be more open communication between parent and child, which is very important. And then most important, you would please the Lord. Now, since I'm a parent, um, as an example of a parent, I um, when I felt like I would do it on my own, or um, I wasn't obedient to God's voice telling me to do the right thing. I did it my own way, and I jump into it. There have been times I had to go to my children and have to apologize to them, and just you know say, you know, your dad messed up. But if we would just be more obedient to God's Voice, being more tuned to that, we would do less of that. Another relationship involved with obedience would be a, between a master and servant, or in these days, it would be employer and employee. Now turn with me to Ephesians 6 5 through 9. That's Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when, you're, uh, when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ... Do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. (coughs) Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. What I see here is as employees, we need to be we need to obey our employee to a point. But as long as it's not doesn't go against or contradict the scripture. We as employees should be doing exactly what our employees ask us to do. By doing it, we are a good testimony as as Christians. If we don't do that, we're just being like everyone else. And we don't stand out as a Christian. As employers, we need to treat your you need to treat your employees. Respect. You know the result of doing everything as God tells you in this this relationship. There would be much less stress at the workplace. People will want to work for the employer. There will be more productivity at the workplace. And pretty important, you'll keep your job. What I see here is, if we would just be obedient in just the first two I spoke about, things would go a lot better. Another relationship involved is between God and man. Now, turn with me to Acts 5, 26-29. All right, starting at verse 26. The captain went down with his temple guards and arrested the apostles. But without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name, he demanded? Instead, you filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied We must obey God rather than any human authority. Here, Peter tells the leaders If you're asking me to do something which is against my God, it's not happening. I will obey God before man. I really do pray that we all want to be like Peter was here. Peter has made mistakes along the way, as people, people know Peter in the Bible. He's made some mistakes. But in this case, in this situation, he did what was right. And um, we really have no excuses as, as Christians being that we have the Bible, we have the instructions of how to live our lives. We need to be in it every day. But now what I want to do is I want to show you some men in the Bible who were examples of obedience. The first one being Noah. In Genesis 6.22, you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but in 6.22, it says, So Noah did everything exactly as God had t- commanded him. Now, I'm sure a lot of people here, if not all of you know Noah's story, God shared with him the plan that he had for the world, and he was going to flood it. He was going to destroy everything in this world. And he told Noah, if you can do this and, and build the ark in these certain dimensions, um, I will save your family and your children, and their wives, and their kids. So Noah was completely obedient to him and did as he said. He didn't question it. Noah had communication, number one, with God. He took the time to listen, is what I see as. Noah wouldn't have heard it if he got busy doing everything as, as we are in this world um, way we are in this environment, we do too much, we're too busy doing um, everything, and we don't take time out to listen to what God has to tell us, and then we complain when we mess up, me included. We really have no excuse. We really need to hear God each and every day in all that we do, um, and seek his voice. Um, this is, you know We all have the same amount of time in a in day. It's what, how we prioritize our lives, and how we, um, where we place God in it, God in our, our lives. You know, Noah didn't question God. He did exactly as he was told. But how many times do we question God? You know, by asking. You know, we all say, like, we will ask him why. We question him. Um, I can't do that. That's just not me. I've heard that many times. I've, I've even said it. Or, I'm not good enough. You know, Second Chronicles 12.9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So just remember, that's not an excuse. There is no excuse to not be obedient and serve God. Because through our weaknesses, God is glorified. His power shines through our lives. And, you know, and that should be our goal um, for myself. As I shared the last time, I remember when Pastor Joe first gave me a book on eldership. I said, um, I started reading it. And um, I got to where certain ways you need to be. And <laughs> Joe knows what I'm talking about. I kept reading it and I called him up. He said, Pastor Joe, I said, you gave me this book to read about eldership. I said, uh, I don't qualify. And then he said, you're perfect. And then, you know what God told me? in my, like, He just spoke to me. He goes, just remember, it's not by your might, but by my might. He says, I am glorified through your weaknesses. He says, you're perfect for the job. And then I remembered if he can talk to a donkey, he can talk through me. So. So, as a result, to Noah's obedience, his family got to live to see God's power at work. I would have loved to have been there. Another man is David. You can turn to me here with me here, um, Psalm 119, 106 through 112. Starting with verse 106. I've promised it once, and I'll promise it again. I I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again, as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your law, laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. That's also my prayer for my own life. Um you know for, for David, he was determined, no matter what, um, um, no matter what circumstances he was in, he was determined, in all circumstances, to be obedient to God and the calling in his life. Now, my question to you all are. How about you? Like, for instance, at your workplace, do you succumb to those around? You know, do you try to stand out at work? Do you try to, you know, you worry about what everybody else thinks. Do you worry about um, what they might say or call, call you a Jesus freak? But you know what? I take that as a compliment I love to be called that, because that's the prayer for my own life to, to stand out, to leave the fragrance of Jesus Christ behind in everything I do, and especially at my workplace. Um, there was a time in my job then I really you know I was receiving persecution at my job, and they gave me, I guess you could say an ultimatum, but I stood my ground. I said, Lord, let me just do what's right before you always. I made a promise to him a long time ago that I would do that, no matter where I was, especially at my job. And I, it was, I stood my ground. And they didn't like it. But they, you know what? There's really The worst they could do is fire me. And you know what? I got to the point where God's got my back. I knew he was going to protect me, and I stood for it. I'm still working there. It's going to be 10 years. And um, I will never not stand for him anymore. You know, I don't ever want to succumb to those things around me um, to worry about what people are thinking. Like, for instance, um, many of you, I'm sure, go out to eat. Do you take the time to get to know the waitress or waiter, ask some questions? Do you, you know, find out what that person's about, you know? Do you try to, um, you know, a story just came to mind. My wife and I were traveling once. Uh, we were going, traveling somewhere, we we're on, were on a jet, and um, we noticed this, uh, the uh, stewardess was just, she was mean. She was just really, best I can put it, she was mean. And you know what? we could have been disobedient to God's call, you know voice and just, just you know, maybe mean back or just ignored it, but you know, my wife really touched my heart when she did this. She said, "You know what? I'm going to ask her, if there's anything we can pray for you. You know it turns out my wife does it. Turns out this girl is a Christian. She could not believe that you know she. When she finally, when Rose asked her what, what was wrong, she poured her heart out. She was like, I just got married, I just bought a house, and, and she just, you know, just poured it out. And um, it really touched her. It touched me to see, like, wow, it really spoke to me, because I, I was always very self-conscious about what people would think. And, you know, when we got out of our comfort zone and actually asked this girl what was wrong, it was amazing. You know, it really touched her. After we left the pl- as we were leaving the plane, it turned out that the other stewardess was also a Christian. And they just hugged us, you know? And it really it was really neat to see when we were obedient the effects we can have on others. If you are worrying about what the other person is thinking, What they're going to say, you're forgetting the God you serve. And you will miss out on the blessings. I don't want to miss out on those blessings anymore. I know my wife doesn't either. We don't want to miss out on the blessings. She's said it to me many times. Be careful what we do, because we're going to miss out. I don't want to miss out, because what he has for each and every one of us is the best that this world could ever give to any of us. As Christians, in a loving and respectful way, we need to be standing for Christ in every area of our lives. Another man is Josiah. Turn with me to 2 Kings 22, 1 and 2. Starting at verse one. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem thirty one years. His mother was uh, Jedediah and the da- daughter of um, Adiah from Bozcath excuse me. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. You know, as David was obedient, you never know who you're going to influence. Josiah wanted to follow in David's example. Again, that's what I want to leave behind me as a legacy. And I hope each and every one of you want to leave that same type of legacy. I want to leave it for my family, for those I come across wherever I am. Jesus Christ, I want to leave behind me. Just remember, people are watching. They want to see how you, the Christian, reacts or responds to someone or a particular situation. Josiah did, did what was right. But Just remember, though, for somebody to notice Christ in you, you can't control their response. You can only share as God commands us to be obedient to do. And we need to be obedient. They may mock you, they, m- they might ridicule you, but it really doesn't matter. You don't know the seeds that you plant in that person. I hear stories all the time of the most hardened men, as Pastor Joe has shared, that he's come across on the streets have been softened. That's the power of God. It's not by our might, it's by his might, through us as vessels. Another man who was in the scripture that really was obedient was Paul. Turn with me to Acts 26, 13-19. Acts 26, starting at 13. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. You are are to tell the world, What you have seen what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes, so they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be forgiven, and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obey that vision from heaven. Number one, Paul. He turned from his sinful ways and obeyed Jesus Christ. By obeying, by Paul obeying, he influenced many thousands for Christ. Probably many more than that. Now, Paul, while still in prison, wrote letters. He didn't let it get him down, he wrote letters to still want to be obedient to God's calling. He didn't let that stop him. He kept writing those letters to influence other people for Christ, to encourage them in their own relationship with Jesus. I pray that we truly, truly have that same zeal with our relationship with Jesus Christ, that we don't let the circumstances around us influence the obedience we need to have as as believers in Jesus Christ. Now, now, uh, some of the obstacles which will prevent obedience. Number one is pride. Proverbs sixteen eighteen say says, "Pride goes before destruction, and haughtiness before a fall." You know, in my marriage, I personally could have avoided a lot of awkwardness and stress if I would have just not been prideful. You know, I I knew what needed to be done, but I showed her. You know, I stood my ground, but I was miserable. I lay there in bed, Rose knows I will just turn and twist and... Breathe hard. and She knows I'm, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> she knows. But you know, if I would have just been obedient to begin with, it would have saved a lot of heartache. What really, one of the many things I love about Rose is that even when I'm a knucklehead, which many of, many of us can be, she listens to God's voice. And I love that about her. And what she does is she does what, she does the opposite of what the world would do. She does what God would want her to do as my wife. And it speaks to me tremendously, it softens me. And that's what the Word does. We need humility, we need to just suck it up, have some humility and realize it's not worth it, and it's not pleasing God the way we're treating our wives, or wives treating husbands. Another obstacle which will prevent obedience is self-centered expectations. This happens by our expectations not being met. This is the way I want it done. I want it now. What I've heard it expressed as before, and what I call it too, is the me, myself, and I, the trinity of stupidity. You know, it's all about us. You know, for myself, I know when I was younger, I always loved the concept of marriage. Always loved it. I used to see happy people together. I used to enjoy seeing... You know, just people holding hands. and Just the love you see between two healthy people in a marriage. But, I wasn't willing to wait. I wasn't... Obedient to what God would have for me. And me being patient and waiting for the right one at the time. I saw the flags there. And um, I did it anyway because that's what I wanted. I didn't heed parents' wisdom. I didn't hear, heed my friends' wisdom who were Christians. But I did it anyway because I needed to do it now. Well, by that choice... Others were affected. You know, you know, it's something that you can't take back, but you can learn from it. We really need to be obedient in everything. The last obstacle which will prevent obedience is unbelief. Well, this happens because we're lacking trust. We're forgetting the God we serve. You know, we either need to be reminded by a loving brother or sister, or off track to get us back on track, or... And or we need to make sure we get in our scriptures each and every day, getting into the word of God, being in prayer, being in fellowship. That's how you trust. You get to know the one you're serving. This will actually get you closer to him and your trust will grow tremendously. You know, we need to remember what God says He does. He's faithful. And He's He deserves it. He deserves us to trust Him. Do you desire that same type of relationship? Do you want to have that kind of relationship with your God? The one who gave his whole life to you, gave his life up for you, didn't have to. He wasn't made to. He chose to. Do you want the results of obedience or disobedience? It's your choice. Do you want to please the Lord? Or man. Again, obedience is a choice, and it's ours to make. We need to truly realize where we were, what we have been saved from, and all we have been give, uh, forgiven for. In the past, present, and future. If you truly get that, you will want to do everything you can to please the Lord. If you realize where you came from and what you've been saved from. I don't know about you, but I know when I go to be with Him one day, I truly want to hear good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. I, want to pre- I really, truly want to please Him. Many times I'm a, I've made many mistakes, but I want to learn from them and grow and become better at serving my Lord. lastly, just something for you to think about more. You need to remember this. As Jesus was obedient to his father right to the end, we need to be obedient too. It's all about serving the Lord because it pleases him and he deserves it. He doesn't deserve any less than that. He deserves the best. Cuz he gave his best and he gives his best every each and every day for us. So where do you want to be? Let's pray.